0: The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119:105 says, "Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path." And let's go ahead and jump right into Psalm, or excuse me, Genesis chapter 39. I'm going to reference just the first verse. Just the first verse of Genesis 39. And I'm gonna take a few minutes and talk about something that we see throughout scripture, especially in the Old Testament. Uh, It becomes true in the New Testament, and I think is absolutely true, and as a principle, that each and every one of us, um, I hope we understand. I hope we get a true understanding, because I believe it's something that God wants us to understand, and it helps us in our Christian journey. Genesis 39, verse one. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. So in what we see, we know that we just got done talking last time about his brother selling him. Uh, we have talked about the fact that as much as humanly speaking, Joseph could have been frustrated as I don't know what's going on, but we know that we believe, at least from what we read, that Joseph's walk with God and Joseph's trust in the promises of God and the dreams that he was given are such and so strong that these were just events to him. These were just events that God has unfolded. Whether or not they were temporary to go home to then be given the position that he was given the dream or they're going to be used for that, we don't know. What we do know is that in all the scenarios that Joseph finds himself in, he prospered. And we'll talk about that tomorrow and more of what I believe why and things of that nature. I'm going to just mention a couple of things I read as I was studying this, which I find to be kind of interesting. Um, and, and, And if you've read this, Honestly, as I read this, one of this first thought is the first time I've heard, or at least the first time I remember hearing it. I'm sure someone said this before, but it says that Joseph was brought to this man Potiphar as an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard. There's several commentators who state that when it says officer of Pharaoh, um, he literally could have been a eunuch. And uh, now, it's the first time I remember recognizing that. I had not heard that preached. Uh, Nobody could prove it. The argument was that usually eunuchs weren't married for obvious reasons, but might have been why his wife was so frustrated because he was a eunuch. I, I don't really understand all of how it would work, I, I, it's just something interesting. If you know anything about that, shoot me a text. Um, I didn't put a whole lot of study into it. I thought it was just an interesting thought that several people had stated. Anyway, he's a very important person, and he buys Joseph. Obviously, Joseph looks healthy and young and seems to be in, in a place that could be a great slave. Remember, he's, he's a slave now. Uh, he's not a servant. Uh, he's not someone who's a hired hand. He's a slave. He is, he is basically property. To this, now we go back. Please, uh, this is very you know this is similar to what what our globe. and We always talk about slavery in our country, which was a a blight on our country and a negative thing and a bad thing. But you know the world's done that way before, and um, America fought at least you know we there was a lot of fighting to get rid of it. And I think that you know for some it's a disappointing time in our history. Uh, But you know that's exactly what it is. He didn't have any control over his life. He was a slave. He was in the the last place that you could assume would ever move him to a place of authority. And that's sometimes exactly how God works, putting, putting us in the one place that in our minds, this doesn't make sense. Why would he do that? Because it's, it's, it's one of the great ways to know that, he, that it, when it's done, it's him. That whatever God's doing had to be done by him because the way we're doing it's not working and the way he did it doesn't make human sense to us. And it shouldn't. We, we, we are finite beings worshiping an infinite, omniscient God. So I'm glad that my thinking and what I think should happen often falls through. And I'm I'm glad with that. I'm glad that my God is powerful enough to work way beyond my thinking. And Paul said, Ephesians, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. So uh, he's in a scenario to where he has no say. And can I tell you, I think there's a great principle there. Joseph wasn't trying to force the dream the promise that Jesus had to, God had given him. Joseph wasn't trying to orchestrate his life to be there. Joseph was just kind of going with the flow, if we can use the term, following whatever God allowed into his life allowing God to unfold the promise, allowing God to unfold the steps to this vision, which is why one day when he did stand before Pharaoh, he could give it to God, because this entire time I believe that Joseph was like, I'm just gonna trust God for this. And I think there's some great truth that we need to have in our lives in this area. And it it's so important for us to realize that it's not for us trying to manufacture what God's gonna do or what we want God to do, but that we submit to God and we sit back and find out, Lord, what are you doing? And we watch. We, we're right with God, we're ready, we're prepared, and then we're just used as God does what he wants to do in our lives, in our church, and in our country as well. But there's a second principle I wanna look at that I think is very unique. Joseph has just been sold to slavery, a Hebrew child, now in Egypt. He is a stranger in a land, can I tell you that this is? We know this is not the first time a Hebrew child was a stranger in a land. You've got Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And by the way, they weren't the only four from Hebrew. This happened. Um, they were to possibly hundreds of people their age brought in to live in these days. It were, and uh, so you think of these different people, and more than once, more than once throughout the the life of Israel, they were sold or they were brought in captivity, and they were forced to live in a foreign land. But I think about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I think of them in comparison to Joseph because they were in a pagan land. They were in a land where nothing fits what they grew up with. They were in a land where they didn't believe anything that they were taught. I mean, this place did not believe in Jehovah God, and maybe they were talented to their belief. We don't necessarily see any grief that these four men had, Um, five men when you think about Joseph, but uh, these men went through. So what what we see, let's go to Joseph for a minute. We see Joseph, and we'll talk tomorrow about how this happened, but we know that Joseph um, progressed. He progressed in Potiphar's house, moved to a place of authority. He progressed in the jail to be over the jailer, to stand in front of Pharaoh, and to be the second most powerful man in Egypt. So we see this progression in a pagan land. We see that later, Uh, he was going to be tempted of Potiphar's wife. And and I believe, I can't prove this, at least from writing, but I believe that this is probably not the first time Potiphar's wife had done this. This is probably a relatively normal thing. I also know that more than likely, Joseph probably would not have been caught if he had fulfilled what she was asking. It was his character and his integrity that stopped him and also was what put him in jail where he needed to be in God's plan. But in this place, in the place in this pagan land, where sin was probably okay and watched and observed and probably everybody else talked about it. And he would have never gotten in trouble. He could have easily thought, listen, I am in a foreign land, a pagan land. You know, if he didn't trust God, if he didn't believe that God was gonna do something, humanly speaking, he could say, I'm never gonna see my parents. I'm never gonna see my brothers. The dream that God gave me is never gonna come true. And he could have sat back and said, I might as well, the old phrase, when in Rome do as Romans, I might as well just, accept my fate and be an Egyptian. And yet he stayed true to God and the teachings and, the, and, the, and the, what he knew to be true in a pagan land. Let's think about Daniel. Okay. Daniel, the Bible says in, the, in chapter one, verse eight of Daniel, it says Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defy himself. As he was captured and brought to this pagan land of Babylon, again, a very pagan carnal land, he purposed in his heart that he would not allow the pagan world to affect him, the sinful world, that he would, no matter what the consequences, he would stay strong and stand by. He even said, listen, give us two weeks. He's, he's talking to the guy in charge of him. Give us two weeks, let us eat the diet we want. You know, and then later, when you could only pray to the king, he prayed to God, knowing he'd be thrown at the, of the lions, which he was, He the, the, he stayed strong in a pagan land following God. Then you've got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Presidents, princes, please remember, they didn't just live in random places. They were in the government. They were in authority. They were, they were there to be used by Babylon for the betterment of Babylon, or in this case, Egypt. They, they stand before Nebuchadnezzar's idol, more than likely a, a, a statue of Nebuchadnezzar, and everybody bows down, including peers of theirs. They weren't the only Hebrew people there, and they all go down, but these three men decided to stand still, to know, I'm not gonna do this. You know, they knew they'd probably be thrown in a fire furnace, which they were, but in a pagan land where they were strangers, they stood strong. They stood strong on God's principles. Can I take the last couple of minutes and just share really where I'm going with this and the principle? You know, when one of the things it's easy to do in, in, a, in a culture like ours, where, shall we say, Christianity is part of our right, it's part of a, a freedom, it's easy to accept it. And, and that the blend between what the world wants to do and what God says, you know, for the longest time, uh, it, it, there wasn't a great distinct difference between that. But can I tell you, as the world gets further and further from biblical truth, from morality, from anything right. I'm just going to be honest with you, you from anything right. uh, We live in a um, postmodern day where right and wrong is based upon my view, and everybody has their own view of right and wrong. That is just wrong. It's sinful. It is 100% wrong. There is right, there is wrong, and it's Jesus, it's God, it's the Bible. Your politicians won't believe that. Your media is definitely going to tell you you're wrong. They will say that I am wrong, and frankly, they, if I were to put that out on media today, probably I, it might be fact-checked, to be honest with you. That is an evil thing to say. It's an intolerant thing to say today, but the fact is there is truth, there is lies, and it is the, the source of it is the Word of God, God, and Jesus. Christians now find, our, find ourselves, the further the world gets, or our country gets, from the, the, even the foundation of the country, Christian foundation, the further it gets, the more we become strangers in this land. Consider this. That we look back and say, I'm nervous, and, and, and many of us become nervous. What's going to happen? You know, what, what, if, what if we lose some of our rights and freedoms? And frankly, the world is set up for that. You know, it's interesting. Um, that it's there's articles out there and, and a lot of it is there's some legitimate there's no one's pushing this yet but there is there's, there's talk about if you don't take the vaccine that um, you know you may not be able to buy things or fly and don't get me wrong I'm not necessarily believing I don't believe that's the mark of the beast I don't believe that the government's antichrist and that this vaccine is it I don't believe that I believe it's just a vaccine and uh, but it's interesting how we're getting prepared the world's getting prepared to one day have to take the mark of the beast I think it's down the road, we're still here, and the rapture's gonna happen before any of this happens, we're still here. But it's interesting how it's being prepared. I don't believe any of this is you know, the fulfillment of prophecy, I think it's preparation for it. But we are, if we are in end times, the world is going to become more and more less like God. We are gonna become more and more strangers. We can hide, we can become frustrated, or in the midst, just like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Joseph, we can prosper in a land where we are strangers, in a pagan land where we are strangers. At least we're not strangers because we're Americans, but we're strangers spiritually. We will be. If this world continues this way, we're strangers spiritually. Can I tell you, uh, as we go through the next couple days and we evaluate what it was that made Joseph so successful, we know one of them is his integrity to God. As we, you know, Joseph, I mean, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel, all of that was true. And anytime you see a stranger in the Old Testament. The only time we don't really see this is Lot. The Bible, uh, New Testament tells us that Lot's righteous soul was vexed from day to day. He was saved, he believed in God, but he did not stand out in that time. And because of that, not even just Sodom and Gomorrah, his family was destroyed because of Achan, who was surrounded by this and knew the truth because he did not stand right in a place where it was easy to do. Everything he had, his family was destroyed. It is important for us to lean strong upon the Word of God and stand strong and put on the armor and be in the Word of God and be prepared so that way when things happen, we stand strong lovingly. We're not we're not out fighting. We're not we're not becoming we're not gonna run on anything, we're not gonna cause violence, we're not gonna you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna be less concerned about the politics today and more concerned about the need for Jesus today. And we're gonna vote, we're gonna participate as our right. We should, but our concern should be less about this earthly kingdom and more about the heavenly kingdom that's coming and that we need to be prepared for that. And while we do that, God can use us in this time. Occupy until he comes is what we've been told to do. May we as strangers in this pagan land, as it becomes more and more like that, stay strong to God and recognize this is not the first time it's happened, nor will it be the last. And if God is coming soon, uh, which is possible, uh, it's intriguing to see how it'll all unfold and how we, how it was Esther told, we could be ready for just such a time as this. Thank you for taking the time today to join us and on this podcast and I appreciate you taking just a few minutes to be in the word of God. And uh, just a thought from one verse, I hope will resonate with you and stick with you that greater He that is in you than he that is in the world. Do not be consumed, overwhelmed or concerned with the events of the world. God's in control, stay strong to him and sit back and watch his truth unfold right in front of your eyes. Thank you so much for being part of today, and we look forward to seeing you again next time. God bless.